0: This is the Joe and Amber podcast.
1: There's so much to the Lamar Jackson situation. Now the accusations of collusion. What's happening? Why don't the Atlanta Falcons want Lamar Jackson? There's so much to unpack. Where could he go? Who does actually want him or who might pony up and make an offer sheet here? We're going to get back to all of that. But Lamar Jackson wasn't the only thing happening this week. Aaron Rodgers was also Not happening this attention. week.
0: Joe and Amber. Aaron Rodgers watch.
1: We are not used, I said the name, I said the name Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we are not used to anybody stealing headlines from Aaron Rodgers. He normally makes sure, Joe, that he steals the headlines from somebody else, right? So he's probably a little frustrated with Lamar Jackson dominating our airwaves today. So, of course, we have to do the Aaron Rodgers watch. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits in one of the country's top workplaces? Come join the growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. The New York Jets had a conversation with the Green Bay Packers and with quarterback Aaron Rodgers. A contingent of Jets team's officials, which included the owner, Woody Johnson, they flew to California today to meet with Aaron Rodgers in person. Aaron Rodgers, obviously under contract with the Green Bay Packers. The only way that they can meet in person with Aaron Rodgers is with the blessing of the Green Bay Packers. Now, we still don't know what Aaron Rodgers is looking to do. We don't know what Aaron Rodgers figured out in that dark cave for four. Four days, other than I'm sure him missing his cell phone terribly. Because I mean, who wouldn't? And Netflix, and television, and Spotify. I mean, what are you doing? Are, and right. Amazon. 2010 so How glories about life in 2023? Never. Nevertheless, we don't know what he decided. What I'm here to tell you is that if he's bothering meeting with the Jets, I don't know if he ends up on the Jets because it's the Jets. Maybe somehow, some way, they'll still manage to screw this thing up, Joe. But I do know that Aaron Rodgers is planning to play football next season. Like that's what this told me.
2: Uh, this tells me the Packers are ready to move on. I think that's the big takeaway well. from the entire thing is that the Packers have come out and they you do not again, let's just use the Mahomes standard. Are the Chiefs gonna let Mahomes flirt with other teams? Like nope. when you've got your guy and you're happy, these conversations don't even come up. And sometimes when there's a little friction, they might. But you're not gonna let the guy talk to other teams. Like Russell Wilson at the end of his time in Seattle. Had that really passive-aggressive situation where his agent floated this story that, look, Russ loves the Seahawks, but if they were to trade him, here's four teams he might be interested in. And the Seahawks were like, all right. And that was that. They dealt with it down the road, and obviously we know how it ended with Denver. But they didn't let Russ go out and really talk to anybody. They just went ahead and handled their business.
1: For the Have Packers, you ever heard the phrase "If you love something, set it free." Joe, and if it comes back, it's your, it was yours or it's yours. If it doesn't, I, I, it never was.
2: I've heard it, but I don't think the Packers want him back. I think the Packers <laughs> are at a point where they're like, "Look, we just we just want to move on. You don't want to deal with this every year." Culture, culture is king. Business, family. Sports franchises, whatever it may be, culture is king, and that culture is not what it needs to be to compete. When every single year you have to worry about whether your quarterback's going to play, whether he wants to be there, whether or not he's happy. If he wants to move on, great. Love seeing Aaron Rodgers play. Would love to see him play with the Jets. The AFC would have Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, possibly Lamar Jackson. It would be fascinating television on a weekly basis. Fascinating. But I think the Packers are just done with the guy. They're letting him meet with the Jets. And if anyone else wants a meeting, I'm sure they grant that as well.
1: I agree with you that this is a signal that the Packers are done with him and a signal that Aaron Rodgers plans on playing football and not retiring. Those two things we know. Now, obviously, there's interest between Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. The reason that I'm not saying this is a done deal is because of the deal itself. There's some potential complications to a deal like that. Rodgers has a huge and complicated contract, right? That would need to be addressed. We are talking about the player that makes more per annual than anybody else in the M- NFL, And so is he willing to restructure that contract to go to a team like the New York Jets? I would imagine those are the conversations that they're trying to have directly with Aaron. And it's one reason that they want to meet with Aaron in person and why they seek the permission, of course, to do so and why they're willing to fly out all the team officials. Yes, they're talking about philosophy. Yes, they're talking about football, but they're probably also talking about that little component. In terms of the contract and maybe even if he isn't willing to restructure, they still end up doing this. But it does feel like we are at a point where he came out of the darkness. We're finally seeing some light when it comes to this situation. And that light is that he's no longer going to be playing in Green Bay, Wisconsin.
2: They are going to get a deal done with the New York Jets if Rodgers is wooed by this trip. And by all accounts, if he's going to take the meeting, he's heard enough that he's very interested. Think of it like this. The Jets have now, once this meeting takes place, they'll have met with two potential new quarterbacks this offseason. Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers. Derek Carr, they met him in Indianapolis at the Combine. They were already there. Carr came to the Combine. They met and talked. The Rodgers meeting is not happening on neutral turf. It's not happening in New York. Rogers is not going to them. They are all getting on a private plane and flying to him. It's also very that is Aaron a recruiting Rogers.
1: trip. That's true, that but that's also is, very Aaron Rodgers.
2: That is a recruiting trip. They are recruiting him. They are not going there to gauge his interest. They are going there to sell him on why he should come to the Jets. They're going to put a package together that green Bay is going to be okay with. It's just a matter of whether or not Rodgers wants to join them. So they're going for the sell. They are in New York city. They are little brother to the New York giants. They pale in comparison to the Yankees. The Mets have Steve Cohen spending money like crazy. The Knicks are always going to be gods in that city. Even when they're not any good, the Rangers are competing are for a title this year. The jets are so far gone in terms of being relevant in that town They probably realize this is finally their chance to dance on the big stage. And they're going to go out and they're going to try to do everything they can to get to that point. I applaud them for doing it. I think they're going to make a deal. It just comes down to whether or not Rodgers wants to play for them.
1: And Aaron Rodgers is going to go full Brett Favre and go from the Packers to the New York Jets. It's so bizarre. Like, he's... (sighs) holding the Packers hostage at the end of his career over and over and over again, like Brett Favre did. And then he ends up going to the exact same team that Brett Favre did. For a guy who seemed like he didn't want to be Brett Favre early in his career, he's certainly taken a very similar path here late in his career. Uh, That'll be an interesting team to watch, though. Obviously, a very young team. Aaron Rodgers is not young. Uh, A team, though, that has the offensive rookie of the year, offensive Uh, defensive rookie of the year as well, has an excellent defense. That defense probably is championship ready. We will see if Aaron Rodgers ends up being the missing piece, if the Jets can get it done. Still an if, because Joe, we're talking about the New York Jets. Like your confidence level is high. It's the New York Jets.
2: I'm not 100% confident they woo him properly. They can screw that up. In terms of getting a deal done with Green Bay, I, I think they'll go all the way. I am not the least bit concerned about whether or not they can fit Rodgers' contract and they can make the Packers happy. The question is whether or not they sell Rodgers. If they do a good job of that, this deal's getting done.
1: I guess the good news for our show is that if he's in market one with the most ruthless media in the world, then uh, he, there's going to be no shortage of material for us to talk about when it comes to Aaron Rodgers each and every day there will be Greenberg sound bites Greenberg galore. will
2: be on radio every day Greenberg will not miss a radio show he will have a streak that Ew. will be one for the radio ages if <laughs> if, if his beloved jets get Aaron Rodgers
1: So you mentioned all the other teams in New York there there's another team did you even mention the New York Giants
2: Yeah I said they're okay, little brother well, to big brother
1: Okay, well, there you go. So they are little brother to Big Blue. Big Big Blue still exists. Big Blue also made a big deal with their quarterback, Daniel Jones. Uh, We're going to get into the Danny Dimes situation. Maybe he's more like Danny Dollars after today. Today, Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio.
0: Joe and Amber, the podcast. reach agreement on a four-year deal to bring Daniel Jones back if you believe in him
3: then you sign him because he's going to be cheaper now than he will be in the future 40 plus million dollars and the
2: main reason is he didn't throw a bunch of interceptions.
1: Such a good song Joe Fortenbaugh you probably don't even know about it do you
2: I do not no I do not I'm sorry
1: you should check it out at Joe Fortenbaugh that's how you find him on social media I know you don't know James I'm not even gonna ask you at Amber W Sports, that is how you find me on social media. You can also tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio. It is that simple. Daniel Jones is going to be able to buy the good tequila now the top shelf tequila now because he has 160 million dollars coming his way at least 82 million of that for sure because that's how much in guaranteed money he got as part of a four-year 160 million dollar deal it also includes a 35 million in incentive so daniel jones gets paid we knew this was coming joe frankly Right, We heard the reports that they were willing to pay Daniel Jones. They wanted to keep him as a New York Giant. He had a good season under Dayball this past season. The Having the deal itself wasn't so surprising, but we were hearing he wanted $45 million a year, and that seems surprising for a player of his caliber. He lands at 40000000 million-ish per year instead.
2: So the first thing to always bring up with this, because there's always – the numbers get leaked by the agents. Right. The teams are – that leaked the numbers so what you need to do is you always need to wait until the full details come out so you see what the deal really is this is leaked this four years 160 million. Oh my god 40 million a year over four years that's insane it's probably more along the lines of a two-year deal 82 million guaranteed right that's probably what it is and it gives the giants two more years to see if jones can take another step And then another step after that, and then you probably restructure again. And at that point, if you want to restructure again, you're looking at a situation where you probably love the guy. He's probably a pretty solid quarterback or two years, 82 million. You get out of the deal. You move on. You find somebody else. You gave it your all. It didn't really cost all that much because two years from now, what's 40 million a year for a quarterback, right? So we got to get that out first and foremost. Number two, to everybody yelling, screaming, and complaining about how much money he got. What was the alternative That's what I would like to know. Because as a fan, it's really easy to go, I wouldn't have paid him that money. Okay, that's fine. You wouldn't have done that. Then who's the quarterback of the New York Giants this year? What's your plan for this year? What's your plan for next year? What's your five-year plan? And that's where the average fan has no answer. They have nothing. They just sit there and they say you can't pay Daniel Jones. Well, they don't have that luxury in New York. Because it's either Jones or what? And to them, they probably feel like this is their best bet given the way the deal is structured. For that position over the next couple of years.
1: And with Jones, we're talking about a quarterback that had a good season in your head coach's system this past season. So even if Daniel Jones before that wasn't knocking anybody's socks off, maybe the coaching change is what matters here. And that moving forward, you will see Daniel Jones continue to look good. Maybe that's more of a reflection of Dayball than it is of Daniel Jones, but who cares? Like if you have a competent quarterback in hand that can effectively run your system, then maybe that's. That is worthwhile and worth something in and of itself. And like you said, where are you going? You're going to some guy who's either not going to be competent running your system potentially or at least a guy who would be unproven in that regard, or you'd be in the market looking at one of these quarterbacks that's going to cost you a lot of money anyways, like, you know, a Jimmy Garoppolo or somebody if you're going down that path. So you might as well, like you said, give the 82 guaranteed to Daniel Jones. I agree with you. I think when we talk about these contracts, sometimes the overall number looks so large that is agent fodder and that's only if every single dollar of that is earned and if every single dollar of that is earned over the next four years that's good news for the new york giants fan probably right because it means daniel jones was living up to the expectation speaking of new york giants fans matt is calling us from atlantis atlantic city you can always give us a call here on joe and amber triple eight say espn matt what's up
3: Yes. So, Joe and Amber. So, I completely agree with both of you what you just said about Daniel Jones. Now, uh, I was in the gym and I look up at the TV and I see 160 million. My jaw drops a little bit. Joe, when you said from a fan's perspective, you're right. I seen 160 million. I'm like, there's no way. But looking it in the long term, 82 million guaranteed. I mean, what, what's the next? What's the next best option for the Giants? Tyrod Taylor. I mean, there's in the quarterback in the draft, I mean, I'm not high on any of the QBs in the draft. That's just my opinion, guys. Um, but $82 million over the next two years, that's what it sounds like. Um, as far as Saquon Barkley is concerned, I know we're talking about Jones. I like the non-exclusive tag with Barkley uh, that brings him back with Jones. The Giants need a wide receiver. They need somebody like a DeAndre Hopkins from Arizona, a T. Higgins from Cincinnati. I'm just throwing out some names. But we need to congratulate Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, Danny Dollars, Amber, as you said, on getting the bag, secure the bag. Now, come September, he better play like the $40 million quarterback. But in overall, as a Giants fan, I'm happy. Barkley, Jones, reunited, you can't get better than that. So thank you, guys. Appreciate
1: it. Yeah, I didn't even get to the Saquon Barkley portion of this story. What paying Daniel Jones does is it allowed the New York Giants, to tag Saquon Barkley, which is exactly what they did. And you and I talked about it yesterday, I believe, when we started hearing the rumblings that Daniel Jones, they were negotiating for the long-term deal with him. That meant that they were going to franchise Saquon in that regard. And that makes all the sense when you consider the position that Saquon Barkley plays. You don't want to let Saquon Barkley walk out of your building if you can help it, because he showed that he does still have quite a bit left in the tank. This offseason, still a very good back, but we just know the the nature of that position and also we also know in recent times the success of these teams in the NFL running backs you can kind of find Joe they don't necessarily have to be the most elite caliber running back so that portion of that story is interesting in terms of drafting a quarterback I mean the Giants have the 25th pick in this upcoming draft so they're not in on one of the top quarterbacks even if you did believe in them if you were the Giants
2: They could have the number one overall pick. They're not in on a quarterback. You don't pay Daniel Jones this money and then go draft a quarterback. You pay Jones, and then what you do is you go pay offensive linemen, and you go pay wide receivers, and you go pay defenders, and you draft defenders and offensive linemen and receivers because you want to give this guy the arsenal he needs to see if he really is the guy. Jalen Hurts, Philadelphia, was realizing, eh, you know, we're going to be entering year three here. We're not sure if he's the guy. He's been okay. He's shown flashes, but he certainly wasn't great. And then they went out and got him A.J. Brown, and look at what happened. He got him to the Super Bowl. Philadelphia's going to have no problem paying that guy now. They know he's legit. This is what you have to do with young quarterbacks. This is what the Bears have to do with Justin Fields. Put town around him so you can get yourself a proper evaluation. The Giants got a better evaluation of, of Daniel Jones' past year. Still wasn't great. It's just that he was so damn bad prior to this year that a moderate step up looks like a huge improvement. Yes, he cut down on the INTs. He didn't even throw 20 touchdown passes. He barely throws. He doesn't throw deep down the field. He needs to become a more prolific passer and he needs to take fewer sacks. But if Dayball, your reigning coach of the year, comes in, has a year with him, gets him to make some progress, and then clearly signs off on something like this. You got to believe they believe in this kid. And if you're a Giants fan, you got to be excited about what that means for next year.
1: Yeah, this definitely indicates that Brian Dayball is saying, Hey, I don't want a quarterback change. Like, I want this dude to still run my offense. And that kind of confidence has to make you feel good if you believe in your coach. And I think right now, all of us believe in what Brian Dayball has been doing there in New York. Joan Ambers presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Also, since they're able to tag Barkley, I mean, that becomes of the utmost importance because like you mentioned, even running that system there in New York, though, it's not like Jones is throwing a ton of TDs. Like you need some help for him in the backfield. You can't let Saquon walk out of the building if you can help it. So they go ahead and tag Saquon, but a player that you don't want to hand a long-term deal to because even though he was great this past season, he had all of those health issues for three consecutive seasons from 2019 until 2022 including basically missing all of 2020 with that ACL tear in his right knee typically when those things start piling up with running backs it doesn't go well on long-term deals so a smart move there from a business perspective if they can keep Saquon in the building still have Daniel Jones have that help in the backfield but also take their time and evaluating Saquon I would imagine it's one reason they weren't able to work out a deal with Saquon Barkley coming up here on Joe and Amber we'll get back to the Lamar Jackson situation still plenty to unpack there joe and amber's on espn radio and on the espn app
0: joe and amber the
3: podcast
1: you can find him on social media at joe form you can find me as well at amber w sports joe and amber is on your smart speaker all you have to do is tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. It is that simple. We are going to get back into this Lamar Jackson situation. It has gotten really complicated today after they put the non-exclusive tag on him. He can talk to teams starting on Monday, but with the amount of teams that we're hearing are out on the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes, what teams are actually going to be talking to Lamar Jackson? We will unpack that in just moments. But first, Joe's going to try to earn you a little bit more money, honey.
0: Pizza money alert.
1: Pizza, pizza.
2: All right, here we go. 10 p.m. Eastern. Lakers, Grizzlies in L.A. Anthony Davis player prop here, going over 13 and a half rebounds. Now he's averaging just 12.3 rebounds per game for the season, so you got to be thinking the number's a little high here. ball what do you got going on? Well, 14 or more rebounds in nine of 11 games without LeBron James, and there is no LeBron James tonight. Translation: With no James on the court. Davis is in a situation to record more rebounds, as he's proven all year long. Memphis, meanwhile, 23rd in the NBA in defensive rebounding, so a lot of second-chance opportunities on the offensive glass. And no Stephen Adams, one of the most important rebounders in the business. Pizza Money number three, Anthony Davis over 13.5 rebounds.
1: Breaking news from ESPN's Adam Schefter. The Ravens have placed the non-exclusive tag on quarterback Lamar Jackson.
2: This is more than just about money. The relationship between the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson isn't a relationship that is in a good place. They're saying,
3: all right, we can't find compromise, so you go ahead and see if that deal's out there. And if it is, and you come back to us, you know, maybe we'll match it. Maybe we'll say, you know, you were right, we were wrong, and come back to us and everything will be fine.
1: The phone lines are opening up here on Joe and Amber. We are going to take your phone calls in 10 minutes. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. There is so much to unpack from the entire day. Give us your hottest takes. Call us about anything. But particularly, we've been talking about this Lamar Jackson conversation because, Joe, earlier in the show, we started going through the teams that would be in or out on Lamar. Now we have a list of teams from Field, Yates, and reports, a compilation of reports from others of teams that are reportedly out on Lamar Jackson that they are not going to pursue Lamar Jackson those teams are surprising they include the Falcons the Dolphins the Panthers the Commanders maybe the Raiders Diana Rossini is saying maybe the Raiders aren't out yet but if we assume that those points that those reports are accurate then Joe and I went through a bunch of other teams that would have a quarterback need and yet we found reasons for so many of them why they wouldn't be interested in Lamar Jackson, why they would be doing it through the draft. They're not just a piece away. They're too many years away. Why are you going to hand that guy whatever you have to hand him to lock it up? Even if it's not 250 guaranteed, it's still going to be an astronomical salary. It doesn't make sense for everybody to do. And we're realizing that if these teams are actually out that field had tweeted out, then the market for Lamar Jackson, a dude who has won an MVP, is actually remarkably small.
2: It could be. I think some of these teams saying no. I don't think they're telling the truth. Let's just put it like that. I have. I have no reason. I have no evidence in front of me. But why is Washington not involved? You're eight, eight, and one last season. You're a 500 team.
1: Right. You're you got not Terry McLaurin
2: at wide receiver. Like Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz was a complete disaster at quarterback. Don't you? F- Like the idea of some of these franchises who have not been able to figure out the quarterback position for years with this guy potentially out there and them not being interested. If they're solely not interested because they believe Lamar Jackson will not budge off of the Deshaun Watson contract, then I understand it. I understand not wanting to give a fully guaranteed deal just because Cleveland made a bad decision doesn't mean you have to make a bad decision. But if you you can at least get involved and make an offer, a reasonable offer, Atlanta, the Commanders, I have no idea why those two teams would be out. None. I don't know what Atlanta's plan is. I mean, if you feel like you can draft one of these guys and that's going to be the future, great. But for Washington, I don't know what they're sitting around waiting for.
1: Well, what's interesting to me about Atlanta is that Atlanta was a team that was in on the pursuit of Deshaun Watson. We're all under the impression that they were the runner up to Cleveland, that that's where Deshaun Watson was going. That's where he wanted to go. They wanted him. And then Cleveland comes out of left field with this insane off offer and Arthur Blanks and be like, nah, we're not like, I'm not doing that, you know, like that crossed the line. And he went ahead and went to Cleveland. So we have seen, at least it appears from the outside looking in that we've seen Atlanta pursue a quarterback before in recent times, and pursue a quarterback that would have cost a lot of money, even if Cleveland hadn't gotten involved uh, with that kind of compensation. And so for them now to be suddenly out on that idea, the only thing I can think is that Atlanta realized this past season they're too far away from it that hey, we're not willing to pony up anymore and and spend that kind of money on a quarterback because we feel like there's too much work to be done here. The other explanation, I guess, could be, that you just don't want to pay that guy that kind of money when you're concerned that he's a quarterback that might be injury prone and the style no, of play. I, I've got an explanation for you. Daring.
2: They 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 look at what happened with Watson and they say, Woohoo, we we dodged a bullet on that one, not get involved that. in that again. Like There's they could be sitting that. there thinking they were all the way in on this guy and he stunk last year for Cleveland. And they could be thinking, Man, we got so lucky that the Browns made that offer and let us off the hook. We gotta learn from that. And now here comes Lamar Jackson and everyone's saying, man, Atlanta has a ton of money. Arthur Smith as a head coach would be a perfect fit for a guy like Lamar Jackson. He played at Louisville. He's from Miami, the South. There'd be a huge fan base. And maybe Atlanta's thinking, no, we're not wading into those waters again. We want to build through the draft like we did back in the day with Matty Ice. That could now, be the mindset for the Falcons
1: right now. Now, the Falcons are in an easier division. Obviously, we don't know what Derek Carr is going to look like in New Orleans, but presumably an easier division than the Commanders. Is it possible that the Commanders, because I'm with you, like a team that's 8-8, eight and eight, they seem like they're closer than the Falcons are. It doesn't make total sense to me why they would be out. Uh, we know that organization certainly has its problems, but also you didn't bring in Eric Bienemy to not work with a quarterback, right? Like, don't... You, you're, you're making that move. It seems like you're probably committed to trying to improve that offense. So it seems odd that they wouldn't be in. Could it be as... As simple as what you just said, the fact that Deshaun Watson isn't working out so far in Cleveland, that that has some of these owners spooked and some of these organizations spooked, could it be that they don't want to pony up that kind of money because of what that organization is going through as well from the owner's perspective? I don't know how complicated that gets. And could it also be that they're looking at their division and they're like, this just isn't the time to to bother paying a quarterback that kind of money. We're not going to be competitive in this division right now anyways
2: then they should just pack up and and launch the organization into the Atlantic Ocean. Or the Chesapeake Bay, if that's closer. I don't know my geography. What I know about Washington is that they've won one. One playoff game this millennium. That's it. They stink. They've been a lousy organization for a long time. Everyone in your division is arming up. Prescott got paid, Daniel Jones got paid, they were both in the playoffs last year. The Eagles were in the Super Bowl. They're gonna pay Jalen Hurts. What are you doing? You're just gonna get you're gonna sit around and get your teeth kicked in? Then why'd you bring in B enemy? What are you doing? I think it has to do with Snyder, the owner. Do you go out and spend all this money on this move right before you end up moving the team to right. somebody else? But we just saw What's that happen in Denver. Like, is that gonna be something that 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 Bezos isn't interested in? Like, those guys have so much money, they're not gonna care about this deal. This is nothing. This is couch cushion change. To them. So I, I have think Bezos Snyder is wants- going to come and be like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm on the hook for the Jackson deal. He doesn't
1: even Snyder know. wants to sell to Bezos. Uh, so that, that might be a problem there for Bezos. But yeah, I well, I do wonder though, like if Snyder's looking at it, it's not necessarily the contract size, but Snyder's like, what's the point? Like, why am I going to improve the team that much? Now I can't explain the B enemy part- portion of things then, but why am I going to improve the team that much by bringing in Lamar if I'm going to end up selling this team? I, you would think that any of it probably benefits... The overall product, some, um, but I don't think that quarterbacks really move the needle in terms of the valuation of the team in reality, from what I've heard from experts on that sort of subject. One thing that a lot of people are Well, doing, I would and, and say a lot this. Of,
2: yeah. I, I would say this. The quarterback himself, but what the quarterback does, like Kansas City's valuation Is probably a lot higher now than it was in the three four years before Patrick Mahomes got there, and I know there's inflation that we adjust for, but like there's a reason the Niners got that new stadium. It's because Harbaugh won a bunch of games. It's easier to convince taxpayers to pony up when the team's winning. Like that's generally how that works. You can jump. I mean, look at the valuation of the Golden State Warriors. They were a nothing, an afterthought prior to Lakeham taking over and them starting that dynasty. Now think about what they could get after that pricing that just went down with the Milwaukee Bucks.
1: It's just, I guess when experts say that, it's not the individual players, right? It's not this idea, like, Steph Curry's on your roster, so I'm going to pay more. Oh, right. Because yeah. there's no... if I mean, especially in the NBA. I mean, heck with player movement. But that's not what really moves the need. I agree with you, though. The overall success does. If you're talking about Washington, Daniel Snyder doesn't have enough time for Lamar Jackson to have the overall success of that team to then raise the valuation of that entire organization, though. Like, that's not going to play out like that. He's going to be negotiating sooner than Lamar Jackson would have that opportunity. So I I don't know. I mean, like I said, there are reasons when you go through these organizations, you could see arguments like the commanders and their ownerships about to change and like that. There's complications there with that franchise. Could that be a reason? Is that a reasonable reason? There's a lot of players and a lot of former players, a lot of former players on our airwaves, a lot of players tweeting out, a lot of former players, J.J. Watt tweeted out. There's a lot of players either directly saying collusion or implying collusion. And that's something that we've seen before. Now, you have to keep in mind the players are advocating for players. That's the side that they're going to be on. And of course, if you're Lamar Jackson, that's probably what you'd be saying is you'd be saying, well, these owners are colluding against me. Like, that's the position you would take. Or if you're the NFL PA, and yet I think the reality is, and and certainly, I mean, listen, I don't know if the NFL owners are colluding or not, but what I do know is the NFL owners do seem to be think-minded creatures or like-minded creatures, right? And it could be these individual owners all kind of are just like, we're not paying that guy that kind of guaranteed money. Particularly with the injury history that's adding up. And, and if James, he's not like willing to do that,
2: up deal. There. can we answer that after? Can we yeah. do
1: that next? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we can we can talk about that next.
2: Yeah. Put that out for the callers. Put that out okay, for the callers. Okay, so I James
1: Steele just wrote on our screen Lamar Jackson is 26. Why not do a six year, $40 million per deal, fully guaranteed 240 that takes him up to 32 years old? Seems. Easy. So James Steele, he has been saying off air to us as well. I don't know why they don't just give him the guaranteed money.
0: Forty million per year is the going rate it's the for a quarterback.
1: No, he's. I don't think that the sticking point is is the going rate. It is the per year? Like I, heck, pay, I think most NFL owners would be we, fine with paying him even forty five a take, year. That's this fine. This takes care of
2: both though. It's you the guarantee. You get the forty million per. You get, uh, and you get up to two hundred forty million guarantee. That's, that's more that's than the, Deshaun Watson.
1: That's the portion of it that the owners are refusing to do is the 240. I don't know why. That's what it seems. I don't get it. And let's get to that after the break. Coming up, your turn to weigh in with your hottest takes. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Sorry, Aranaga, for referencing the break.
0: Joe and Amber, the podcast.
1: We appreciate you. Triple H, say ESPN. That's how you get in touch with Joe and Amber. We are going to get to your phone calls in just moments. Hang on for us. Don't go anywhere. Joe's going to try to earn you a little bit more money first.
0: Pizza money alert.
1: Pizza,
2: pizza. Final one of the night. I'll make it quick. Tyus Jones plays for Memphis. They're taking on the Lakers at 10 p.m. Jones over 15 and a half points. He's averaging just 9.8 points per game on the season. But here's what you need to know. No John Morant. And the biggest beneficiary of no John Morant is Tyus Jones. In 10 games this season without John Morant on the court, Tyus Jones is averaging over 19 points per game. His player prop is 15 and a half. Boom. Pizza money number four. Tyus Jones over 15 and a half points. 13 black odd. No winner.
0: Spin the wheel. Make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play Call a Roulette with Joe and Amber.
1: Right before we take these calls, though, I want to address the question that James brought up, and I'm sure some of these callers will. Why don't you just give them something like, you know, 40 over – what did you have it at Six years. It ends up Six years,
2: 40 million per. It ends up 240 guaranteed. guaranteed. 240 guaranteed. You solve – Two problems there well, He's only I don't 32 think, years old at the end
1: of it right I don't think problem number one is a problem because I don't think it's the per annual that's a problem for the Ravens or any of these teams frankly I think it's the 240 guarantee that becomes a problem and I would say that the reason that you don't want to do that is the same situation they have in Cleveland that Joe is always referencing where Deshaun Watson is about to be like 50 percent of their salary cap or something astronomical as they head into the next few seasons
2: I want to throw one other thing out there. You could solve two problems, James, but you will create a new one. Owners in the NFL do not want fully guaranteed contracts to become the norm because they don't want their product to become the NBA. Oh, I'm not happy after two years. Trade me or, oops, my hamstring hurts. I'm not going to be able to play this week or next week or the following week. Like In the NBA, the players have so much power. I'm not saying that's wrong for the players. That's how they do it in the NBA. In the NFL, the owners see that. They are not going to allow that to happen where the players can start sitting out games because they want to be traded or they're unhappy with their situations.
1: Also, the owners in the NFL have a pretty reasonable argument that their sport from an injury perspective is much riskier. So, of course, when you are guaranteeing those dollars, that's quite a risk that you're taking. And with a player like Lamar Jackson, we know the position he plays, but we also know the style he plays. And we do know that injuries could potentially be a thing for him moving forward. So there's some reasons there. It's not that you don't give a guy like Lamar guaranteed dollars, just maybe not that kind of guaranteed dollars. Let's go ahead and spin the wheel. Andrew. Andrew is in Alaska. Andrew, thanks for the call. Go ahead.
3: Hey, so I'm not a Jets fan, but if you gave me two options, one was Aaron Darkness and one was Lamar Jackson, I, that's the easiest choice I've ever heard. You don't have to trade players to get Lamar Jackson. Two first round picks. Easy. What are you going to get at pick 13? You're going to get an average player who more than likely probably won't make it more than two or three years. If I'm the Jets, Tell Aaron, thanks, go back to Oregon, live in a cave, we don't want you, and go after Lamar and enjoy the next six years.
1: Well, it's funny if you're comparing those two quarterbacks, Joe. I mean, the thing is, Lamar is a heck of a lot younger, a heck of a lot younger than Aaron Rodgers. So if Lamar Jackson looks good in whatever uniform he ends up in, if it's not the Ravens, then you potentially have your future for the next decade. You don't have that, no matter what Aaron Rodgers does for you.
2: It is fascinating that an MVP in his prime right there for possibly less could be a situation and you still want to go with Rodgers. I guess we just view Rodgers as the better quarterback. Maybe it's because he's won a Super Bowl and he's had more more success in the playoffs, but there hasn't been a whole lot of playoff success the last few years. And I know that's the knock on Jackson as well, but... You know, you're not going to go wrong with A-Rod as your quarterback.
1: Yeah, A-Rod has had more success in the postseason than Jackson and more recent MVPs as well uh, than Lamar Jackson. Let's spin the wheel. James, James is in Reno. James, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? I was just
3: wondering why uh, it it took so long for them to give uh, Lamar Jackson the franchise tag because it gives other quarterbacks more time to get jobs, and it it gives him less opportunity to to woo other uh, teams.
1: Well, because they said that they were giving every hour they could to trying to get a long-term deal worked out, that they were holding out hope uh, until the final hour when they frankly had to go ahead and tag him because they were up against the deadline. Let's spin the wheel. Aaron, Aaron's in Connecticut. Aaron, go ahead.
3: Hi, thank you for taking my call. All I want to say as a Ravens fan, man, I thought the whole organization was about loyalty. Yeah, let's take a look at the injuries that Lamar have at the same time. Who else can you get out there? I mean, I don't want the Kyle Bowler days again. Please, please, Baltimore, figure something out. Um, other than that, thank you for taking my call. Baltimore, stop. Let's 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 see if we can get to 220 or maybe 200. I would be happy with that. I think Lamar should, you know, take a a step back and be like, all right, so this is what, what works for us. You know what I mean? Thank you for taking my
2: call, guys
1: yeah i think kyle bowler catching shrapnel (laughs) yeah right uh it's gonna be driving around
2: like what's what i have to do with this there
1: are some there are some reports out there that that the ravens were willing to go up to something like 200 guaranteed so i don't know i mean i don't know how much of this is lamar just like really shooting for the stars and maybe that's why they hit him with a non-exclusive because they're like hey you're not going to find better than 200 guaranteed out there so play ball we'll see what happens
2: I still think the Ravens have the best offer on the table. Jackson's going to go out and see what he can possibly get, but he's going to realize that that Watson deal is not there for him and that the best course of action is Baltimore. The only question is if Baltimore ends up coming down in number, if they Ooh. realize for some reason that, some, that Ooh,
1: Jackson couldn't dicey. find anything better. That's dicey from a PR that's perspective as nice. well.
0: This has been the Joe and Amber Podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80,
3: or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.